Welcome to the Enemy of Light and Dark podcast. You won't know what's before you. You won't know what's around you. You're going to bump into walls and you may lose all orientation. But here to guide you through it all, your host, Stephen Alexander Hamilton, and his trusty sidekick, the phenomenal guide dog, Sumiko. This is Stephen Hamilton, and you're listening to the Enemy of Light and Dark podcast. This is episode 11, and we thought we'd do something a little different this time. We have on our team, Dana, the voice of Sumiko. Dana has a story that I have not heard, but it's about eyes, and so it fits perfectly in with our theme. So before we get started, I want to say a couple things. First of all, you can go out and find us at theenemyoflightanddark.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. We have funny videos and we have a new series coming up called Eyes in Space. Look for that as well. So I think it's time for us to introduce Dana. We're going to turn it over and hear her story. Dana, are you there? Yes. I just had to make sure she's still here. Yeah, I didn't leave. I promise. Uh, I promise. Thank yeah. uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> could, could you tell us in your own words, that would be not my words, but your words, <laughs> Correct. Um, the incident with the roller coaster and your eyeball? Yes. So my eyeball wasn't on a roller coaster by itself. I was attached to it. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> For clarification purposes. <laughs> Yeah, so in 2006, I was 16 years old. I had went to a theme park, and it was in California, so it's Six Flags Magic Mountain. I had went with a group of friends. We had spent the whole day there, and it was really fun. And it started to wind down, and we were like, oh, well, let's just go on one last roller coaster. The lines were, you know, non-existent, which is a rarity. We decided that we would just jump back on this particular ride that we loved that was Batman. It's a very fun, fun ride. One of my favorites. Well, it was. <laughs> was Batman actually there? I wish he was. Yeah, because <laughs> then I probably would have taken his cape and it wouldn't have happened. But alas, here we are. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we got on it. We started going and it was a pretty windy day that day and sometimes if it gets too windy they'll actually like close some of the roller coasters but it hadn't gotten that bad just yet we're on it we're going and we're towards the end of it and we have one loop left it's butted up against some large trees as we're going i felt something hit me in the face and i was startled and then it kind of just flew away when the ride came to an end, I didn't have any type of scratch or laceration on my face. So I thought, oh, well, I'm fine. So at first, I didn't think that anything had happened. After that, probably I would say 30 minutes later, I felt like I had had something under my contact. I think close to what it would feel like is when you have a piece of hair. Right. Or like an eyelash, I guess, that would be underneath it. Very bothersome and itchy 
the group I was with at the time, I had said, you know, my eyes like really starting to bother me. Would it be okay if we left? And they said, well, our friends are just going to ride one more ride and then we're, we can leave. Was it Robin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but that would have been a good follow-up ride. <laughs> So they went on this ride and what this ride looks like is kind of like you're sitting in a large raft and then you go up and as you come down it splashes a huge pool of water and then it gets everybody wet. And there's a portion where bystanders can kind of get into the enjoyment of getting wet. (laughs) So there's like this place you could stand and then it'll splash you as well. We were standing there waiting for this ride that my friends were on to end and it ended up splashing me and it washed my contact out so I was like well this is great because my eyes already bothering me and now I lost a contact so it was time for us to leave after that when I had gotten home the amount of pain started to increase And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know what's happening, but this is just very painful. And I had approached my father about it. I had said, you know, I think something's wrong with my eye. It's just really bothering me. And he had said that we would go see the doctor in the morning. I tried to go to bed. I had a lot of complications doing that because I was in a lot of pain. When I ended up falling asleep, I had woken up and my face, well, it was my left eye, had been completely glued shut with a mixture of a little bit of blood and some pus. I woke my dad up and of course I was kind of freaking out. He said, oh my gosh, all right, let's get you to the hospital. So we went, the doctor that we had seen said, oh gosh, this is just a severe case of allergies. So he had just prescribed me some eye drops and then he sent us on our way. I don't believe he scheduled a follow-up or anything like that. That night, I was in so much pain that my dad had tried to give me some medication to help me fall asleep and I was just in so much agony that I could not sleep at all. And I ended up having to wake him up and trying to explain to him the amount of pain I was in. He said, all right, well, we will go back and we'll see the doctor and we'll see what they can do about it. When we went back, he had taken a sample. He had scraped my eye to see if they could get anything. They put it in a culture and then they sent it off to a lab. So... At that time, I think it only took a few days for them to get back to us. And by that time, I I had taken off a few days of school because I was in so much pain. It was just miserable. So when they received the culture back, they said that they actually weren't able to read it. And nothing came of it because the eye drops that the initial doctor had given me had kind of killed the culture. So they weren't able to read anything or see what they could do to help me. And at that point, my father was very upset and he said, well, you have to do something. My daughter is just in excruciating pain. And they said, well, there's nothing that we can do. We're going to have to send you to an eye specialist. So at this point, it had already been almost a week. And they sent us to this wonderful place that the entire staff was amazing. And it's called Whole Eye Center in, I believe it's Lancaster, California, but We booked an appointment there. We left the hospital and went. They were pretty shocked. After looking at what happened, I had a puncture in my left eye. Come to find out, 
that it had created an ulcer. My God, you know, it's interesting. I can relate to that so much. During my going blind, I had ulcerated corneas as well. And so I know what that pain is. And to try to explain that pain to somebody, it's impossible. That eye pain is unrelenting. It stays at a constant pain level. And it's very debilitating. Very painful. So they did a lot of tests. They thought that I would lose my eye completely if I wouldn't at least lose my eyesight. They were trying to figure out how they could stop the ulcer, and they had asked me what happened, and when I told them about getting my eye contact washed out, they had presumed that the water had become stagnant, and if it wasn't cleaned properly, that a bacteria had gotten in my open wound and had created the ulcer. So, yeah. I had to come back. They put me on pain medication, and then I had to come back, I believe it was every other day, to have tests done. Because of the ulcer, they started to do a graphical test to make sure that my eye wasn't starting to lose its shape. I don't know if you had to go through this too. I did. Yeah, and it gives you like this kind of weird map of the structure of your eyeball. So I had to go through multiple of those to make sure that the ulcer wasn't changing the shape of my eye. But then also they had me do a ton of different tests. They had to put a needle inside my eye to try to extract fluid to see if they could get cells to see what was creating the ulcer. Yep, I've Um, had that. Yeah. A bunch of times too. Yeah, it (laughs) it was not fun. And I don't know what is in those eye drops, but it makes you feel like you have a booger the size of Mars. In the corner of your eye, and I kept trying to pick it out. The doctor's like, please don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. And I was like, well, (laughs) this eye boogie needs to get out of here. (laughs) But it wasn't there. (laughs) And then through all this, they couldn't get the ulcer to stop, and they started kind of to panic. So they ended up having to fly a specialist from New York out to see what they could do. Yeah, because they were worried. They couldn't get it to stop, and it was only getting worse, and my pain was increasing, and I was miserable. I had been missing a lot of school because of it. My dad was just becoming really worried because I couldn't sleep, and I was just, the pain was unbearable. Finally, the gentleman from New York came out, he prescribed me these drops that I had to take. It was twice a day, once in the morning and once in the evening. I don't know, someone might want to fact check this, but what I was told was that your eyes are actually connected in some way through your tear ducts to your stomach. I think that is correct. Okay. Well, I mean, it seems like it would be for what happened to me. So I was prescribed these drops and I had to take them. I think it was for the time span was either three weeks or maybe a month. I can't remember exactly. Were the drops painful in themselves? The drops, I mean, they stung a little bit, but almost just the same as like some eye drops do. It wasn't like regular Visine or something. It wasn't anything that was substantial. I mean, there was so much pain already. Maybe it masked it, perhaps. I'm not certain. 
But when I started taking them, I think I was three days in and I was just profusely sick and I couldn't eat anything. I could hardly drink or keep any water down. I was throwing up multiple times a day. It made me really sick. We made the connection, of course, to the drops because as soon as I started taking them, it was, like I said, like three days later, I just, I could not keep anything down and I was just laying in bed all the time. You know, the pain had, with medication, had become somewhat manageable, but I was just nauseous all the time and I was just so sick. And my dad was extremely worried. Of course he was. Yeah, I mean, I had already gone through all of this other stuff and they didn't even know if they were going to be able to save my eye still at this point. So we had the the next appointment and we went in and he was telling them like, I don't know what's going on, but she can't keep anything down. And he's like, I'm extremely worried. I'm watching my daughter be in pain and sick all the time. My dad had asked them, you know, what is she on? And the only way that they could describe it was, these are their exact words, we don't know what we're fighting. And we gave her something that's strong enough to kill anthrax. Nice. Yeah, right? (laughs) They were like, oh, you know, your your health doesn't matter. We're trying to save that eye. So (laughs) it had made me really, like I said, just miserable. And they said she only has to be on it for a few weeks. We're just, we're trying to throw everything at it. We don't know what we're fighting. We can't figure out what the bacteria is or what it stems from. We don't know how to stop this. So like I said, I had to continue going back. And I think it was on like the third week We had went for one of the follow-up appointments, and they said that the ulcer started to reduce. So I don't know what these drops are. I would like to know. So for instances like this, I could say in case I hear about another story. But it actually started to, to heal. They were very relieved because they had already started talking about, you know, how I would have to learn for my right eye to be my dominant eye and how it would affect my daily life, how... I would have to learn how to live without having my left eye, which I didn't think at that time would be something so drastic, but I think I wasn't fully understanding how much it would have changed my life had I had to lose my eyesight or worst case scenario, have the whole eyeball removed. You mean like me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But so... When it started to heal, they all started getting hope, but there was always this, we're not out of the woods yet type of feeling. Was the pain diminishing as the ulcer was getting better? 100%, yes. So once I would say that it was completely stopped, it was kind of, all right, well now we're in like the healing process, the healing phase, because I still had a puncture So it still had to heal from the inside. So even though the ulcer had stopped, I still had to go in for regular checkups. And I I could just say it was very itchy, my eye, and I couldn't itch it. So it was just this constant gnawing of I wanted to do that, but I knew that I, I couldn't. And one of the other things that was with that is as it was beginning to heal, I had to keep going back to get vision tests to see if I was going to gain even most of my vision back. So when I first started healing, it was really weird because when I got punctured, it was on the bottom left side in my pupil, directly in the center. 
So it was a lot. So I couldn't really see it all. It looked very milky when I did try to see. And then as it started healing, it did get much better. And I never lost any color or anything like that. But it never fully came back. And I remember when the scar was really large, you could see it in the mirror still for quite some time if you really looked. You could see the scar on the cornea? Yeah, you could see it. Wow. Yeah. And then I remember I had this one way I would try to gauge it when people would say, oh, well, what does it look like to you through that eye? One time it was night and we were on a walk and I looked up at the moon. It was a full moon. When I looked at it, And I closed my left eye, I could see it perfectly with my right. But when I closed my right eye to look out through my left eye, I saw three moons and they were all connected by a thin line. So it had definitely affected my vision a lot. After I would say six months, six to seven months, it had fully healed. But I was also told that I would have to wear glasses for the rest of my life because if I had gotten contacts... I risked the chance of reactivating the ulcer. Yeah. So they said if I ever wanted to wear contacts again, I would have to see a specialist, make sure that everything kind of checked out. But I still ran the risk of culturing the ulcer and then it could reactivate, which terrified me. And I still, yeah. And I still to this day wear glasses because that experience, I'd, I'd, I'd never want to go through that type of pain and agony and just. It was, it was something that I, and I don't know, honestly, how you did it, because I, I never want to do that again. No, I know all there is to know about corneal pain, <laughs> and I really relate to your story, and it's interesting that you, well, the way that you explain it, I'm just like nodding my head, because I know exactly what you were going through. Yeah, I would not wish it on anybody. Well... Let's not be too hasty. (laughs) Just kidding. There's still time. There's still time. (laughs) But yeah, through all of it, I'm very thankful that the eye center was able to help me and that I didn't end up losing my eye completely. I do have horrendous vision in my left eye. Like everything is, I mean, I have poor eyesight to begin with. I've had poor eyesight since I was eight years old, but it's drastically worse than than my right eye, but I can still see. So I'm extremely thankful for that and for all of the people that helped me and my dad for being the the bull that he is and not accepting that what the doctor said. And you drive. Yes, I do. With one eye, though. I close my good eye and let my bad eye (laughs) guide me. (laughs) Maybe I'll not drive with you. I'm a great driver. But yeah, so everything is all healed up. Well, that's fantastic, Dan. I'm glad you were able to share that on this podcast because it's uh, right up the old eyeball. (laughs) experience-wise. Yeah, I greatly appreciate you letting me share my story. Okay, great. And now it's time for Dana's, I mean, Sumi's weather report. Papa, the weather is good. It's so good. It's the perfect day to go to the park. Come on, let's go to the park. Come on, let's go to the park. Sumi, that's enough. We're doing a podcast here. Oh, man. Jeez. I can't believe this. All I want to do is go to the park. I don't see what's so hard to understand about this. And now it's time for a commercial break. Are you looking to transform your life? Do you tire 
of all the misinformation, a lack of answers, and uncertainty? Never feel uncertain again. Drink Colt a Cola. It will make you feel like the leader of your own cult. It's a revolution of your mind in a bottle. So ever fresh in sparkle with a distinctive flavor that's never been equaled. For the very best drink you've ever had, try a nice, refreshing Colta-Cola. Attain a new level of enlightenment with every sip. Colta-Cola, you'll never be the same again. So let's all take a sip. I'll see you on the other side. Dana, do you still go on roller coasters? Wildly enough, yes. Wow. Yes, but I figure since I wear glasses now, it's kind of like a makeshift shield. So I kind of have a better chance at not getting a stick in the eye. <laughs> Roller coaster windshield. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Yeah. And they help me see, so win-win. <laughs> when the sticks are coming at my face, I guess. How do you feel about Turkish baths? Oh, well, I've always really wanted one. <laughs> <laughs> they don't take your eyes out, do they, and scrub them? No, they don't. Okay, well. But darn. I do. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Dana, out of this experience that you had, have you developed any type of phobias or, well, for example, I have some phobias going blind. Like I don't, I don't like to watch people get their eyes removed. <laughs> <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> You're not an avid YouTuber of eye removal? Yeah, no. Okay, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean, is there is there the aftermath of all that? How has it changed your life? Well, I wouldn't say that it has caused me to have any type of phobias as far as germs are concerned. So when this whole thing happened, I had to have multiple petri dishes done so they had to scrape my eye multiple times the reason behind that was because the doctors were trying to figure out what it could have been or what bacteria it could have been that was in standing water so after i had told them what happened they said well there are instances of bacteria when water becomes stagnant and it's not cleaned or purified it can affect people's vision. But they had never seen anything like mine, so they were trying to find this out or find bacterias that they had seen before. And I remember one time they brought this huge book that they had had, and there were the doctors sitting in front of me just going through it trying to find different bacteria that could cause this by being, you know, in an open wound or just something that was in water or instances that had happened like this due to water. Sure. But no... No phobias. I mean, I don't go in, you know, random rivers or creeks and try to find dirty puddles and stick my face in them either. So <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm in the clear there. <laughs> I will say that I do try to make more conscious decisions. Like I don't open my eyes underwater at all. Not really even in pools either. Just I think so maybe that has had a little effect, which isn't anything drastic or really changed my life at all. The biggest thing though is that I liked myself better without glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do my makeup. So I'm like, oh gosh, my makeup looks so nice. And then I put glasses on. And I'm like, well, now you can't even see it. So <laughs> I'll say that's probably the biggest thing that irritates me. <laughs> I can't see my makeup that I put on. 
<laughs> oh, what a shame. Either I can I, I can't, but you know, yeah. it's, but I still think you're all that in a bag of chips. Oh, thank you. I think uh, you're the bee's knees. <laughs> Another question I have is, so I've never actually seen water stand. What's that like? Um, you can ask Jesus. He walked on it. <laughs> so. <laughs> I just love Dana. She's so quick-witted. It's, <laughs> I rarely stump her. <laughs> well, we've come to the end of this podcast. Every psychiatrist I've ever had says, I'm sorry, we're out of time. 